My title this morning is, Where Are You Looking for Help? I'll be in Psalms chapter 121 if you want to turn there with us. If not, if you didn't bring your Bible, it will be on the screen for you. I felt the Lord speak this to me this morning, so this is going to be uh, an introduction before I get into the sermon. Because of the recent events that have taken place in America, I felt like the Lord spoke this to my heart this morning. If you are breathing and life still remains in your body, whether you are an alcoholic, a drug addict, gay, lesbian, straight, bisexual, white, African American, Hispanic, Mexican, Asian, etc., your life still matters. And God still loves you, and He still sent His Son to die for you to be born again. For the Word of God says, According to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. And that's what we need in America. We need a washing by regeneration and a renewing of the Holy Ghost. We need an outpouring of His Spirit. Because when an outpouring of His Spirit comes, you will see lives transformed. You will see hearts saved. You will see uh, uh, the homosexual people be converted and be, be, be straight and live for the Lord Jesus Christ. You will see uh, the alcoholic and the drug addict. They will come out of those addictions and they will live their life for the Lord Jesus Christ. And it only happens by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything this morning. Sin is still sin. Sin is still what's taking America to hell. Amen? Amen. Sin is the reason why we're in the place that we are, right? And the only way to defeat sin is by the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you do not proclaim the gospel to the lost people, they will never know the blood of Jesus. They will know, never know the wonder-working power in that precious blood. They will never know what Jesus can do when He changes their life. And it's up to us to proclaim the gospel and to proclaim Jesus Christ. Because we're living in a dark world and Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may glorify your Father which is in heaven. Our light. It, it ain't us, but we are the light. But our light is to glorify Him. Amen. Amen. And today, we are living in such a dark day. I mean, it's got darker in the last uh, 25 years, and I'm not even 25 yet, but it will be, uh, and, and it will continue to get dark. And it's up to the Christians, the true believers, the true child of God, to shine bright. Toby Mac sings the song, Light Shine Bright. Everywhere you go. Do it for the people. That's what we need to do. All right, moving on. Psalms chapter 121. That didn't cost you a dime. <laughs> Psalms 121, verse number 1. The Word of God says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. 
The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Our Heavenly Father, we bow before you today as humble as we know how. And Heavenly Father, I'm asking you today, God, to fill me with your spirit. Father, because I cannot preach this message without you, I cannot preach any message without the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Father, I'm asking you today, God, to come on the scene to fill this church, God, with the love of God, uh, with the gospel of God, with the Holy Ghost of God, uh, that we might proclaim you and let our light so shine before this dark world, uh, that we might win lost souls unto you. But, Father, we've got to look beyond the hills today, uh, God, where our help comes from. And, Father, I pray that you'd help me to preach this message, God, that you have given to me. And, God, I pray that you would touch somebody's heart. Father, anoint my mouth and touch my tongue today. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. I want to read you a story that I came across this week. And it's from Brother Roger Duncan the, the first. Uh, and he was telling a story in the, uh, uh, the, his book, uh, The Heart of a Shepherd. And he said this, A journalist in America consulted with an optometrist. I think I said that right. That's the eye doctor if, you, uh, if you're like me and you're simple folk. Uh, that's an eye doctor. Consulted with an optometrist about some trouble she was experiencing with her vision. After the exam, the specialist said, Your eyes are tired. You must rest them. Have you any wide views from your house? The lady said, Oh, yes. From the front porch, I can see the noble peaks of the Blue Ridge. And from the rear windows, I can look out upon the glorious uh, Allegheny foothills. The optometrist told her that when she felt tired to look out at the mountains for 10 or even 20 minutes because the far away look will rest them. Brother Roger said, Oh, how weary is the world, but there is a cure. There is a glorious far away look that refreshes the look not merely to the hills, but away and beyond to the God of the hills. This look brings rest and refreshment to mind and heart when burdened by cares of life. It also brings comfort to the sad and sorrowful, but the pity is that so few have learned its value and tastes its joy. Taste its joy. Friend, try the faraway look. You don't have to answer me this morning because I already know the answer. If I asked you if you were weary because of the shape that our world is getting in, you would probably agree that you are. Because spiritually, looking at things on the news, hearing things on the radio, uh, uh, looking at things on social media, it will worry you to death. Amen? And it will cause that, that spiritual man to be weary. But the Apostle Paul acknowledged and admonished us to be not weary in well-doing. For in due time we shall reap if we faint not. So there's some things this morning that we need to do so that we don't grow weary and faint. We need to try a faraway look. We need to realize that our home is not here on this earth. We need to realize that the God that we serve, that the president over our soul is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is king of all kings and he is Lord of all lords. And everything that has taken you by surprise has not taken him by surprise not one little bit. 
So you're, you're, and people are, are crying for help all around the world. I mean, there's still people that are, are crying for help. And America and so many other countries are crying for help to find a vaccine for coronavirus. They're crying for help in so many places and trying so many di different things to get help. Now we see these riots take place this last week and there's so many people calling for justice and calling for help and calling for this or calling for that when they need to be calling on the Lord. This morning, I don't want our church to lose focus because so many times the church can get so involved with the world that we're not involved with the spiritual realm. And God wants us to care about the spiritual business. He wants us to mind the spiritual things and not the earthly things. So let's take a far away look this morning to beyond the hill. See, a lot of people, they're looking to the mountains and they're looking to the hills. And, and I'll give you some, some uh, background on Psalms 121. Uh, and these people, if you understand, uh, the, and this isn't a song of David, um, but in those times it was very well known that uh, the Israelites and, and different people that worshipped idols, they would go up to the mountain and they would build uh, their statue or their idol or, or whatever it might be. They would build groves and quote-unquote holy places for their idols. And it would be on the mountaintop. So when they got in distress or when they got in trouble, they would just look to the hill and they would look to the mountain because they would think that's where their idol is, so that's where their help came from. But that's what the, uh, the writer is not telling us to do. He's saying, I will lift mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. There is no other place on earth that help can come from but from the Lord. There is no other place in America that help will come to satisfy what is broken in our country unless we look to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want us to look at that phrase. My help cometh from the Lord. Where does your help come from? That's the title of my sermon. Where are you looking for help? If you're looking for the health care market for your help, you're looking in the wrong place. Now they can, and Brother John, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to uh, diss your place of work, or Brother Bob, I'm not trying to uh, throw shade at, at St. Francis Hospital. Uh, they can do so much, amen. They can go so far uh, to meet the expectations of the American people, um, but even then, it cannot be good enough. Because only God has what America needs. Only Jesus can provide the healing that America and so many other countries need. And that's the salvation of the Lord. That is a change of heart. Not just a change of mind. Listen, over the last 50 years, America has changed their mind. But because they changed their mind, it changed their heart. Now we need to have a change of heart in order to change our mind. Amen? We need a change of heart to change our mind. We need to change the heart to open our eyes so that we can look beyond the hills for our help. I got some definitions for you. The word help in the Hebrew, it is ezer. I believe I pronounced that right. And it means one who assists and serves another with what is needed. And in the Greek, 
help means, and I'm not going to try and pronounce that word, but it is a combination of the word cry and to run. Meaning that when a cry of help is heard, someone runs to assistance. Or in a secular Greek, uh, in a secular Greek uh, world, it would also reference to provide a cure. Now, I'm going to stop right here because uh, this morning, my daughter had a cry for help. Uh, my wife was putting on her makeup and getting ready for church this morning. And Aubrey got her fingers stuck in a drawer and could not get it out. And she was screaming... And I was washing dishes in the uh, kitchen, so I had the water running, and I was listening to a sermon, and, and so I, I was zoning out, and I couldn't hear the cry. But Cassie was crying too. So she was trying to get my attention when Aubrey was trying to say, hey, I need somebody to get my finger out. I need help. That's what she was doing. She said, I need help. I can't do it on my own. Mommy, help me. In her, that's what she was saying. In her cry, she was saying, Mommy, please help me. Well, Cassie, every time she would open the, the door of the dresser, it would smash Aubrey's finger. We don't know how she got it in there. Don't know uh, how it got stuck or anything like that. But then I finally realized, hey, they're in trouble. They're, they're not just playing. They're not just screaming for fun. They're actually in trouble. So I stopped what I was doing, and I run into the bathroom there, and Aubrey is crying, and, and Cassie is crying, and, and so I'm trying to figure out how to remove her finger from this dresser. Well, I'd open the door, and when I opened the door, it would smash her finger, and it would hurt worse. So when I tried to shut the door, it would hurt worse. It would, try, it would smash it again. So the only thing I knew to do was to pull her finger out, and, and thankfully, her whole finger came out. Thankfully, I was able to salvage that finger. I ain't a doctor and I don't have the cure. But praise God, he helped me get it out. Now, it hurt her and she cried and she's got a Band-Aid on it this morning. We put ice on it. She's a tough little girl and she's going to be just fine. But what I'm trying to say is that when that cry of help is made, you might not can audibly say the word. You might not be able to physically say help. But if you'll just cry to the Lord, the Holy Spirit will interpret your cry and I promise you that the Lord will run on the scene. Even if he's washing dishes, even if he's tending to somebody else, if he hears another child cry, he's going to run to help you. So why look to the hills? Why look to idols? Why look to things of this world? Because they can only help you so much. They can only provide relief for so long. But praise God, when Jesus comes on the scene, he provides relief that is eternal, that is everlasting. Amen? He's able to help you there. I was doing some more studying, and Jehovah Rapha, and many of you may know this, but it means the Lord who heals. But maybe you don't know this. Jehovah Shammah, which means the Lord is there. Ain't that good? Jehovah Shammah means the Lord is there. So when you cry for help and you cry for the Jehovah Shammah, I promise you that the Lord will be there. Amen. Why? Because he's not only Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals, but he's also the Lord who is there. He's already there before you ever cry for help. He's already there. He's just waiting for you to call on him. Matthew Henry, the great uh, theologian and the great uh, writer, 
he gave this exhortation. He said, wherever we are at home or abroad, we are exposed to danger more than we are aware of. And this psalm directs and encourages us to repose ourselves and our confidence in God and by faith to put ourselves under His protection and commit ourselves to His core, which we must do with an entire resignation and satisfaction in singing this psalm. Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 23 says this, Truly in vain is salvation hoped for from the hills and from the multitude of mountains. Truly in the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel. That's the only place salvation can come from. That's the only place that help can come from is in the God of Israel. The Lord God. The Jehovah God. That is where our help comes from. In Dr. Warren Wiersbe's book, Be Exalted, he said this, The apostate Jews worshipped after gods at the shrines or high places in the hills. And he gave references to 2 Kings 16, Jeremiah 3, 13, uh, 17, and Hosea chapter 4. But the faithful people of God looked above the hills to the great God who created all things. That's what he said in verse number 2. Now notice, he said, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills in verse 1, from whence cometh my help. If, if he left out verse number 2, you would think that he's just looking to the mountain or he's looking to the earthly thing. But he went a step further and he said, My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. The writer of this psalm is saying, I don't just look to the hill, but I look beyond the hill to the God that created that hill. To the God that created those trees. To the God that created those groves. He said, I'm going to look to the God who made heaven and earth. I took a, a, a little walk this week. Miss Betty seen me. Um, but I was walking this highway, Highway 33, and I was walking down to John Christian, and I was walking back. And uh, there's, a, there's kind of a hill down here. And so I was walking, and, and the Lord was just speaking to my heart. And it was early in the morning, and I could... I could look up the hill, and, and listen, y'all's hills are a lot smaller than Tennessee hills. Um, so uh, I was able to see above the hill. But the Lord gave me a visual of what this psalmist is talking about. And I was walking down this road, and, and I seen the hillside over to my left, and it has a bunch of trees on it. And see, if somebody just looks to the hill, all they're going to see is a bunch of trees. But my eyes didn't stop at the trees. It went beyond the trees into the sky. And that sky is so vast, it spans the whole world. Now, in the Middle East and, and over in, on the east uh, side of the part of the world, it's dark. It's, it's not daylight over there. But the same sky that we see today is the same sky that stretches across the whole world. Ain't that amazing? My mind can't fathom that. My mind can't wrap my, my, my brain around that. But... The God that I serve, He created that. And when you go to the beach and you see the ocean, you can only see so far and then it vanishes. You have a vanish point. Same way when you look into a sky or when you're, uh, if you go to a mountain range and you're looking over at a bluff, you can only see so far before your eyes meet that vanishing point. But you know what? There's still skies beyond that sky. And there's still oceans beyond that ocean. Why? Because my God created that. 
That's why we don't need to look to, to the hills alone. We need to look to the God of the hill. We need to look beyond the hill to, to uh, Jehovah Shammah. My next thing that I want to talk to you about is uh, in verse number 3. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Next thing I want to talk to you about is we shall not be moved. There's an old hymn in the song book. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Anchored in Jehovah, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree planted by the waters, I shall not be moved. That is our hope. See, when you look beyond the hill, you'll have an anchor of the soul. That is our hope that is entered within the veil, Hebrews chapter 6. And he is able to sustain us so that we will not move. The word move means to slip and slide, to stagger, or to be shaken. Let me tell you, friend, if you're looking to the things of this world, if you ain't already fallen, you keep looking long enough and you're going to fall. It's time that we refocus our attention off of the social media uh, and the bad news that is in, in our uh, news media today and, and everything that's going on. And it's time to refocus our attention to the Word of God, to the God of the hills, to the God of the earth, to the God who created all things. Because when we do this, He will not allow us to be moved. We won't be shaken. My last point this morning, I'm moving on uh, uh, pretty quick because the last point is kind of uh, lengthy this morning. And it's in verse number 5, and he says this, The Lord is thy keeper. I love that. The Lord is thy keeper. It makes me think of Psalms 23 when, it, when he said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He restoreth my soul. Yea, he leadeth me beside the still waters. Leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. I'm not going to quote the whole chapter. I'll mess it up if I do. But it reminds me that he's my chief shepherd. Brother Todd, I'm not going to pick on you this morning. I have great respect for you. I have great respect for a lot of you in here, and, 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 but I, I think of Brother Todd's title in his job. He's a chief, which means he has several people under him that he's responsible for, that he takes great pride in, I'm sure, uh, in his officers and, and in his people that are under him. And I think about the Lord and him being the chief shepherd because he's the, he's the great shepherd. He's, he is the chief shepherd. But he's entrusted me to be a shepherd under him. He's entrusted other pastors to be the shepherds under him. To be the shepherd over the flock. And, I think, and I'm so unworthy when I think about that. And I'm so undeserving to be even called a shepherd. But I can promise you this, that if... If you're in danger, I worry about you. My heart is for you. And if you are hurting, I'm hurting. 
When I see a sheep go astray, my first instinct is to go after it. And it's to go and help. Because that's what the chief shepherd would do. The chief shepherd would leave the 99 in the fold and he would go after that one lost sheep. But when he's, if he's seen a sheep that was hurting, he would go to that sheep and he would carry that sheep in its arms or he would throw it over his shoulder and he would carry it along the way. And that's what he's entrusted me to do. To be your shepherd. To be your keeper. But even greater than myself, much greater than myself, the Lord is our keeper. The word keep means to watch or to guard. In the book, Be Exultant, he said, Whether by day or by night, in heat or cold, whatever the changes might be, the Father's presence provides all that we need. We need not be afraid of sudden attacks that can come in the day or the night, for the shadow of the Almighty covers us. Psalms chapter 91 says this, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him will I trust. Verses 10 and 11 says this, There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for He shall give His angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. That's a pretty good keeper, ain't it? The Lord, He's pretty good at what He does, ain't He? To keep, Means to, or to keep means to watch or to guard. And Psalms 91 and verse 11, he said, For he shall give his angels charge over thee. Man, that blows my mind. Somebody, and I sung that song this morning, I'm just a small, small grain of sand in the wonders of his hand. <laughs> but he's keeping me. He's able to keep us, church. He's able to sustain us. He's able to protect us and keep us safe. Where are you looking for help this morning? I hope you're looking to the Lord. I sure hope you ain't looking to me. I can help in some ways, but I won't be able to help in every way. But I can take you to the Lord because I know the chief shepherd, he's able to help in all ways. Amen? In all ways. <clears throat> I was uh, studying Friday, I believe it was, <clears throat> and uh, I came across the book of Jonah, chapter 2. And the Lord reminded me that even while Jonah was in the belly of the whale, he was still watching over Jonah. He wasn't going to let Jonah die. He took him to the belly of the whale to teach him a lesson. And sometimes... He'll put you where you think you're in the belly of the whale to teach you a lesson, but he ain't let go of you. He ain't threw you away. He ain't cast you aside. He ain't going to let you die because he's trying to do it to benefit you. He done this to benefit Jonah. He, show, he was trying to show Jonah, Jonah, if you'd just listen to me and obey my voice, I'll keep you in whatsoever way you go. He said, I'll give the angels charge over you to keep thee in all thy ways. He said, if you just listen to me and go to Nineveh the, the first time that I told you, he said, I'll keep you in all your ways that you go. I'll send my angels to keep charge over you. 
Listen what uh, God told, uh, or listen what Jonah said in verse four. He said, "Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Yet I will look again to thy holy temple." He didn't say, "I'll look to the holy hill or I'll look to the high place." I'm going to look beyond the high place to the holy temple of God. The waters compassed me about even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. Boy, that took some strength, didn't it? He needed some help to do that. He was in the belly of the well. How was he going to give thanks? Because he remembered the God of the hill. He remembered where his help came from. Listen, sometimes we get ourselves in trouble, but thank God God can get us out. Jonah got himself in trouble, but he had to call on the one that he knew could help to get him out of it. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed. He's repenting. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. God heard his cry for help. God heard his cry of repentance. And that's where we are at in America today. They need help. A lot of people in America need help. A lot of people around the world need help. But they're going to have to repent and then call on the one who is Jehovah Shammah, who is Jehovah Rapha, who is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Matthew Henry said this, The comparison has a great deal of gracious condescension condescension in it the eternal being whose infinite substance is what he is in order that he may speak sensible comfort to his people promises to be their umbra their shadow to keep as close to them as the shadow does to the body and to shelter them from the scorching heat as a shadow of a great rock in a weary land uh, as said in Isaiah 32 and 2 under this shadow they may sit with delight and assurance. You'll find joy sitting in the shadow of the Almighty. Got done preaching on joy last, last week. And the joy is found in the secret place of the Almighty. Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 1 through 4. I don't know if he's got that for you on the screen or not. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 1 through 4, it says this, and I'm going to read it off the screen for you. The sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron and with the point of a diamond. It is graven upon the table of their heart and upon the horns of your altars. Whilst their children remember their altars and their groves by the green trees upon the high hills, O my mountain in the field, I will give thy substance and all thy treasures to the spool and thy high places for sin throughout all thy borders. And thou, even thyself, shalt discontinue from thine heritage that I gave thee, and I will cause thee to serve thine enemies in the land which thou knowest not. For ye have kindled a fire in mine anger, which shall burn forever. I wonder if that's what God is saying to America today. Ye have kindled a fire in mine anger, 
which shall burn forever. I want us to look at verse number one once again. What's the first thing it says? The sin of Judah. I wonder if, if the Lord would allow me to play with it just for a minute this morning. I wonder if we change the word Judah to America. The sin of America is written with a pen of iron and with the point of a diamond. It is graven upon the table of their heart and upon the horns of, the, of their altar. Why? Because there are so many people in America that are worshiping idols. We have so many different worldly gods in America that it has taken the place of God Almighty. The sin of America. I mean, the sin of Judah is comparable to the sin of America because America worships idolatry. Idolatry will take over the residence where true worship should be. And before long, you're looking to the hills and things of this world to bring your help and deliverance when in fact, we must look beyond. Take another far away look. Find your rest. And find your help in the Lord God, Jehovah. On Precept Austin, if I can find it just for... On Precept Austin, Thomas Constable said this, or he posed this question. He said, so let me ask again. In our technologically entranced, visually oriented world, where are you lifting your eyes? Boy, that'll hit home, won't it? Electronically entranced? Visually oriented world? So many people are worshiping ungodly things. Alcohol commercials? Half-nude women? Half-nude men? Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little feet, where they go. He said, let me ask, where are you lifting your eyes? And he said this, may God grant us grace to lift our eyes to the mountains, especially to the God who created those mountains. There are so many things that this world wants you to focus on. There are so many things that the devil would like nothing more than to blind you with. Because if you look at the worldly things long enough, I promise you, it will blind you. Maybe not physically, but it will spiritually blind you. And then you won't be able to look beyond the hill. That's why Thomas Constable said, May we look with grace to the God who created the mountain." Where's your help coming from this morning? My help's in the Lord. That's what, that's what the psalmist said. He said, I will lift mine eyes unto the hills. One writer said that maybe that verse should be translated, I lift mine eyes. Not that I will lift, but that I do lift. I'm already lifting my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who created the heavens and the earth. I pray that you find 
rest and comfort in the God who created all things. He's a great God. Has He been good to you? He's sure been good to me. Like that song I sang, He's blessing me again. Every day I wake up, He's blessing me. I'm glad I serve the God of the hill. And I'm glad that I don't put my trust or my faith or my hope in the things of this world. Because if you do that, you'll be one miserable person. May we take our focus off of the things of this world and refocus our eyes and our attention to the God of the hill. Stand with us this morning. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, I come before you today as home as we know how. And Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for your blessings on us. Father, I'm asking you today, God, that you would open our eyes, open our ears, and soften our hearts, that we might receive the Word of God, that we might hear you when you speak to our hearts, and that we might obey you, Father, when you tell us what to do. And God, I pray, Father, today that you would send us a single mind, a spiritual mind, a submissive mind, and the secure mind that we may in all things have the mind of Christ and that we might have our joy remain in you. Father, I pray that you'd help us to look beyond the hills to rest our eyes, to know that our hope, that our hope is not in this life only, but it is in the God who created all things. Father, I pray that you'd bless each one that's come this way. Bless those that, uh, the ones that were not able to be here. I pray that you'd touch their bodies. I pray that you'd heal them. Pray, God, that you just touch them and bless them. I ask, dear God, that you bring us back to the next point in time. And, Lord, just be with us tonight. Father, we love you and we thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.